1: You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. We got to have guys. That's an area of our game that has to improve. We'll definitely, if we find the right guys, scholarship them, have them here for four years. That being said, if there's a good kicker in the state of Nebraska, we're going to try to get them here, giving them an opportunity. Obviously, I, I, Chris Brown was here when I when I played, but we also had Jesse Cush and Bill Lafleur and. Teddy Retzloff and some local guys that did a great job for us. And, and there's been a history of that in Nebraska. So uh, we got to get it fixed first and then uh, do what we can to get the right Nebraska kids in here to do the job.
0: Final segment here of the Husker Online Show that was head coach Scott Frost talking about Nebraska's future kicker situation. And this segment of the Husker Online Show is brought to you by our friends. At Coogler Vision, Nate Klaus, tell them about your experience with Kugler Vision.
1: Well, yeah, I just uh, happened to have another experience this past weekend where I'm glad I had uh, LASIK corrective surgery, and that was when I were driving to... To uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, and the snow just came out of nowhere. It was dark, snowy, um, and didn't have to try and search for for my glasses or anything like that. I was I was good to go on the road uh, and and was able to make it to Tulsa uh, in time safely. So uh, another another reason why I'm glad I had uh, the LASIK procedure
0: done. Well, Nate, you just heard Scott Frost. Um, I asked him because I really think there is something there right now with the future of the kicker. Position, I get it. Barrett Pickering is on scholarship. He's a second-year player in the program, and when you do that, you want the guy to be the guy for four years. But what they went through this year, I just don't think they can afford to ever, ever be in this situation again at Nebraska. And you saw, you've seen them exhaust their options this week um, with two walk-on guys they brought onto the team late in the year um, in Walbach and, and Harrison. Um, these two kids that they brought in, and you know they're bringing in other kickers. I mean, what is your read on the future of the kicker position and, and what they're doing in recruiting right now?
1: Well, I mean, they're they're definitely being active uh, with with kickers, uh, both not only in the 2020 class but 2021, too. They've brought in a lot of guys, um, you know, uh, for unofficial visits and everything this, this year. And um, they're not scholarship guys necessarily, but they are looking to add to the depth. I think at the very least – um, you know, regardless of what happens with Barrett Pickering, I think you need to, to have depth that you're comfortable with there. And because like we saw – you know, all of a sudden you have one or two injuries and, and now you're scrambling and you're trying to you're trying to, uh, you know, create something out of nothing. And so I think they want to increase their depth at the very least. And, uh, you know, maybe two things that, that really stick out to me or, or the biggest thing that sticks out to me is that they're looking at bringing in a couple junior college uh, kickers uh, for, for walk-ons. They've offered one for sure uh, as a, the kicker out of Iowa Western. They've offered him a preferred walk-on scholarship. Um to come in, and, and, you know, he'd have two years to kick. And so uh, they're looking for guys that have some experience, and then they're also looking to bring in, like Frost said in that sound bite, they're looking to bring in the best kickers, uh, best high school kickers in the state uh, to come in and, and, uh, you know, give it a go here.
0: You're listening here to the Husker Online Show, Sean Callahan, Nate Klaus. It is Iowa weekend. It is a home game. Um, There are just three opportunities left for Nebraska to bring in official visitors before the early signing day. The coaches will begin in-home visits starting December 1st on Sunday night. Is that right, Nate? Yep. Um, So they will be in living rooms. Um, So a lot of times what's going to happen are these recruits will be in town Thursday, Friday, Saturday, um, and, you know, most of the coaches will be on flight Saturday afternoon, Saturday after- evening to get into living rooms for Sunday night.
1: Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, there's, this is the time of year where there's, there's no rest uh, for, for the wicked. I mean, you've got, to, uh, you've got a very short pr- window to, to get a lot done here, especially with Nebraska. 13 commits right now, and they'd like to have, you know, 2021 or so sign on December 18th. So you have, I mean, the, the window to make a lot happen – is, is pretty small, and so uh, they're going to bring in at least three official visitors this weekend for the game. And then, like you said, immediately following that recruiting weekend, they're hitting the road, and, and they're going to be in living rooms and um, and really trying to, trying to lock down a lot of these guys that still remain on their board here. So uh, it's going to be kind of a fast and furious finish here, I think, leading up to the early signing period because that's – I mean, let's face it, that's when 90% of the action has to happen because after December 18th, you know, the – I mean, the only guys that don't sign early are basically your five-star guys – uh, or your, your lower-rated guys that are rolling the dice thinking that, the, that there might be something bigger. It's like bigger searching for the
0: day-old bread, trying to find yeah. a, a good loaf yep. of expired bread. Exactly. I mean, there's, just, there's just not a lot left that goes past. And we learned that more than ever last year. Because mm-hmm. I think year one of the earlier signing date, there was a little bit more left. Yeah, there was, yeah. But year two... I think coaches learn how to strategize it better. And I think some of the better coaches realize, man, there's not going to be much left. So they're pressuring guys to sign in December. Otherwise they won't have a spot.
1: Well, and I think some kids are using it to their advantage too, because what we saw last year, I mean, there's some, you know, some, some positions of need, right. Where I think some kids that would typically would have signed with a, with a mid-tier school, decided not to, and all of a sudden, you know the, you know, like let's say an offensive tackle, for instance, you know, if, if he had Middle Tennessee and Memphis, and you know maybe some some mid-tier programs or whatever, uh, then every new
0: SEC staff comes exactly, in on him, yeah.
1: and then all the coaching changes happen, and and you know he decides not to sign. All the coaching changes happen, and um, you know you've got you've got SEC teams and you know Power Five programs saying, hey, we we are super thin at offensive tackle and um, you know even though this kid may be a mid-tier talent after signing day he's he's looked at as as uh, you know a prized possession there so um, you know some kids are using it to their advantage too and and props to them for doing so.
0: I, I compare it to to women you know if there's a bunch of coaches going out and there's one woman left on the bar and you got all these guys with big egos they all think they're going to get the girl and and that's yeah. how the, the the later part of recruiting has become where people just circle around the same kid um that's left but what do you think nate i mean is it going to just do you expect week one of the um the live period i mean to 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 yield some commits i mean it's i mean it's the time's running out here man Yeah,
1: it really is and and to be honest with you, I thought, I thought that they would have gotten a couple more uh, up to now, you know, between, you know, over the last three weeks, I figured they, they would have gotten at least one or two. And and I know that there's a lot that happened in that Wisconsin weekend that has kind of been off the radar or, or under the radar. Uh, I think there may have been a, a silent commit or two or whatever that, that happened that weekend. But um, yeah, I, I do think that we could see a lot of action in this first week of the contact period. But um, I mean, they they need to see a lot of action. I mean, uh, because it's getting to crunch time. It's it is it is time where they need to make an awful lot happen in, in a short amount of time.
0: And you think like in state guy, like what about Luke Gifford, or Isaac Gifford? Excuse me. I mean, do you think um, he's somebody or a Taihan? I mean, could something move with these guys now?
1: I mean, it's possible. Um, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't count it out or rule it out I, I think that uh, that both those guys had the type of senior seasons that at least make you think twice about okay well uh, how can we how can we fit these guys into our program and how can we make it work and so um, you know it's something I would pay attention to but at the same time I wouldn't I'm not gonna say yes most it's a definitely. sure thing yeah I, I don't I don't think it's a, a, a slam dunk situation just yet uh, but certainly I I, I guarantee you that this is a conversation that's being had up in in the North Stadium uh, in the football offices. Okay, Um, you know how do we how do we make this work? How how do we how do we get these guys in our
0: class? And then last thing, Nate, you were in Tulsa last weekend. You saw Sevion Morrison. You've seen pretty much most of the top guys now in person in this class. Sevion Morrison, the best guy in the class right now.
1: I mean, he's right up there. Uh, he's super impressive. And the unfortunate thing was is that he he uh, you know he get injured, uh, or he he was kind of coming into the game with a with a bad hamstring, and uh, he tried to gut it out, and and he did a good job for the most part. But uh, he kind of got shut down. Uh, his medical staff shut him down, and not only did he have a hamstring injury, but he was dealing with the flu. So we show up to the game. And Sevion is puking in a trash can on the sideline. And I go, oh, boy, this this is not good.
0: We just drove seven (laughs) hours.
1: Yeah. And so... Um, you know, and and uh, first play of the game from scrimmage for for Tulsa Edison is a 71-yard touchdown catch uh, by Sevian Morrison, and then uh, two series later he rips off a 71-yard uh, touchdown run, and you're going, holy cow! Uh, I mean, is he what he does on the field just makes your jaw drop, and he makes it look so easy, um, and you can tell why Ryan Held was not only the first coach to to offer him, but why he made Sevian Morrison a priority because I think he's a perfect fit in this offense uh he can be a receiver he can be running back um he runs his vision is elite um you know he's got great speed he's a he's a game breaker but i think his vision especially on those zone reads or those those stretches those stretch plays uh i mean he can make a cut and he's gone and uh and no one's catching him and so you know right now he's six foot 194 pounds uh, I think that he can get into Lincoln uh, when he when he graduates in May, and uh, he's going to add some some nice uh, strength and, and muscle mass to his frame. He's he's going to be a problem uh, for a long time, I think, for Big Ten uh, Big Ten defenses. So I'm really really excited about him.
0: Well, it's sure to be a busy weekend uh, with the game. Obviously, a lot going on in basketball, but recruiting it's going to really start to pick up here. And Nate, Mike, Mattia, and Brian Munson, and the entire Husker on- Online team will have you covered.
1: Yeah.